You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to A Step Further. This is our weekly podcast from Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Matt Nickison, and I'm here to guide you through A Step Further. Our goal with this is to take what we said Sunday and take it a step further to really help you chew on the content. A lot of times this is, hey, there was one more point. If I'd have had an extra 10 minutes, I probably would have said this. So here you go. Uh, Sunday, we talked about salt and soil. The whole idea came out of Luke chapter 14, where Jesus says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. And as I said on Sunday, that's a bad day right there when you're not even good enough to be thrown on the manure pile. What does he mean? Well, what Jesus is talking about is how in that day, sometimes salt was used as an activator for the soil. It activates to make the manure do what it's supposed to do and help things to grow and flourish and for life to be better. And so ultimately, Jesus is saying, look, if your life isn't salty, if your life isn't different, then it's got no benefit. It can't activate the world the way it needs to. So you got to remember, God is sending us out, those who believe in Jesus Christ. He's sending us out to be different makers in this world. And then he closes with uh, Luke 14, verse 35, with this very important phrase, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, as I said on Sunday, the best way to interpret the Bible is to look at what's called the context. In fact, one of my Bible college professors used to say, context is king, meaning it doesn't really matter what a Greek word means. What matters is what the author intended for it to mean. And we get that even in the English language today. And and I'm going to pick a really hot button topic right now. But somebody could say, black lives matters. Somebody could say, all lives matters. The question is to discern what that person means when they say it. The problem for most of us is we don't take time to listen and understand. We take time to argue and to win an argument. And I think that's really important for really understanding what Jesus is saying, because if we want to understand what Jesus is saying, we have to go back and look at the context. In what context is Jesus using this teaching? Well, it comes at the end of Luke chapter 14. I'm going to pick up a verse 25, because on Sunday I covered almost all the other verses before this. And this is that if I had just a few more minutes, I would have gone into this. But Jesus gives back to back to back illustrations about the importance of being his disciple. A disciple is literally a learner, a follower, one who has dedicated their life to becoming like him. And that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen over time as God continues to reveal his goodness to you. And okay, so here we go. And Matthew, not Matthew, Luke 14, verse 25, Jesus says, or it says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, all right, so here's a statement. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Okay, a couple things. First of all, Jesus hadn't died on a cross yet. He'd start dropping hints that that was coming, but it hadn't happened yet. So in hindsight, that statement made a lot more sense. But in the context, what Jesus, everybody knew a crucifix, a cross, was something that they killed criminals on. And they punished those who were guilty to death on these painful, excruciating situations called a cross. And so when Jesus said that, basically what he's saying is, you've got to be willing to go against culture 
to the point of even death. You have to love me more than the most important loves in your life, be it your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your spouse, your children. I must be first. That's what you need to take away from that. Jesus is saying, if you really want to follow after me, you have to be ready to put me first. Even when it's not popular, even when it's not um, going to benefit you, you have to choose to. That's what it means to love me first. If you don't do that, then you're just going to follow the crowd. You're going to do what everybody else wants you to do when everybody else wants you to do it, and it's not going to matter. Your life is not going to have saltiness to it. You will not be able to activate this world to change the way it needs to. The next thing he says, verse 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish it. Again, random story out of nowhere, but not. Because Jesus is talking about if you want to be a disciple, you better figure out what it's going to cost. Well, what is it going to cost you to be a disciple? Well, ultimately, it costs Jesus everything. So it costs you nothing, right? That's what it costs to be saved, nothing. Well, yes and no. You got to remember that when you come to Jesus, there's nothing you can do to be saved except his gift. But what God is asking you to accept when you come to Jesus is that you have no idea how to live this life. You have absolutely no clue what right or wrong or good or evil is. And so you're going to need a completely new set of eyes, a completely new brain to think about things, completely new set of ears in order to hear, a completely new body to be surrendered. You're going to have to come to him with everything you have, which is just you. Your, your life, your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and come to him and say, God, here is all of it because I can't buy what you're offering, but I want it. And so God, here's all of me because I know this world needs a renewal. I know my culture, my community, my company, my family needs a renewal. And the only way it's going to get it is through you. So here's all of me. You can have it. Now, what do you want me to do? And that's what Jesus is saying. When it dawns on you, that you don't have the amount of money to finish this, you need to consider it because when Jesus asks for all of you, you got to be ready to give it. All right, so he goes through, gives one more. Ready? Or suppose a king is about to go to war. This is verse 31. Against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Man, this is so offensive, Jesus. You're just, you're so offensive. And that's the point. So in other words, let's say you go to battle. And you look at the other army and you realize, oh my goodness, we are going to get crushed. What do we do? Well, what everybody did in that day and actually had done for hundreds of years, maybe still do it today, I'm no expert more, you'd send a delegation. You'd say, all right, you three people, you go to their generals and you negotiate terms of peace so that nobody today has to die. And this is what Jesus is saying. When you realize how big God is, when you realize how powerful God is, when you realize how otherworldly God is, you will look at all of his power and might, and you will look at your desperate need for salvation, and you will realize there is absolutely no way that you could win this war. There's absolutely no way you could win this battle. In other words, you can't save yourself. So what are you going to do? You're negotiate the terms of peace. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, I'm going to offer you the terms of peace. You only need to humble yourself and realize you cannot save yourself. So here's the terms of peace. You give me you, and I'll give you me. There's the terms of peace. You come to God. You give him your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. You surrender to him, and Jesus will save you. But then Jesus says, sold is good. 
But if it loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? It's not fit for the soil nor the manure, for the manure pile. It's just thrown out. In other words, you need to be salty. You need it. You need to be salt for this earth. It needs you, and I'm sending you out to do a work, but you won't be worth the work I'm sending you to if you love other things more than me. If you think you could save yourself, if you think you could do this on your own without me, you won't be worth what I need you to be worth. So love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and then love each other in the same way. God bless you. We'll see you next week.